0: Welcome to episode nine of the MJ Sports Podcast. My name is Mark, and I'm joined by Jonas. And this is your week of sports and review.
1: Sports, 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 sports woo! And we are back once again to deliver the goodness, the sweet, sweet juice into your ears—the sweet sports juice. And uh, man, what a week it was! What a week it was! I'm excited yep. because we have some uh, a lot of a lot of stuff to get to today. That we lots do. and lots and stuff.
0: That we do. Um, well, let's let's go ahead and just get right into it. Um, you know, let's start off with some NFL headlines, if that's all right with you.
1: Well, sounds good to me.
0: All right. Well, we'll start off with the first game that happened this last week. Uh, My Green Bay Packers, you know, people were talking about it being a little bit of a revenge game against the 49ers. I wouldn't really say that's a fair assessment considering (laughs) San Francisco is missing half their team. Um, But it was still a good win. Uh, The Packers absolutely destroyed the 49ers um, pretty much in every every part of the ball game. Uh, I don't know if you had any thoughts in particular on that game.
1: Uh, I'm just really glad that I drafted Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams in one of my fantasy leagues, because that has literally been carrying me to wins so far. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you're probably getting ready to say this, but is is Devontae Adams the best receiver in the league, Mark?
0: So, I mean... Here's the deal. I think Devontae Adams doesn't have the name recognition as some of the other wide receivers because this conversation, you know, it comes up. And, you know, Devontae Adams is usually in, like, a top ten conversation for sure. You know, you might even see him in a lot of top fives. But you don't hear him a whole lot around that number one. Personally, I think he's – I don't know if you can definitively declare a number one wide receiver – just because part of it depends on the the quarterback who's throwing them the ball. Obviously, I mean you you could have a phenomenal wide receiver, but if you've got Nick Foles throwing them the football, <laughs> they're not going to look that good.
1: Whoa, um, whoa! We don't need to take it that far.
0: <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> so, I mean, I think I think, that, and just like Devontae said, I think that case can certainly be made. Um, so, I'm I'm not going to go out there and. Make I mean, statement, but
1: I don't know. I for about three years ago you I, I would say you could definitively say Antonio Brown before he became a mental head case, uh, was the best receiver in the league there. Just just based off watching his cuts, uh his separation, um, you know, and even his stats, and I know he was kind of a stat patter, but I mean Devontae Adams seems like he's a stat patter, but I just think he's always, like, so open all the time. It's just ridiculous. I, I saw this one. The, the highlight of Julio Jones' touchdown this week was, like, shown everywhere, uh, where he, like, made an inside cut and then turned towards the, the pylon and was wide open. And I was like, you know, there's, like, a guy like Devontae Adams seems to do that on almost, like, every route. But, yeah, like you said, the name recognition, for some reason, I, I don't really know, like, where the disconnect is. I don't know, maybe if it's just because it's Green Bay, and Green Bay is always good, and uh, who cares about you guys anymore. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the disconnect is between, like, the ESPN networks with some of these players, and just not wanting to give them, like, any airtime, but.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the thing with Devontae is he does everything good and he does a lot of things great. I mean, he's arguably one of the best, if not the best, route runners in the league. I mean, that's that's why he's open all the time. I mean, you see teams all the time, you know, double teaming him, and he still finds a way to get wide open. I mean, he's just a phenomenal route runner. And when you've got a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers who – you know, is comfortable throwing the ball, you know, seconds before the wide receiver even makes his cut, knowing that his wide receiver is exactly where he's going to be. I mean, it's such a lethal combination. And the thing is, Adams, you know, he's not the fastest guy out there, but he's still got good speed. He's got great size for a wide receiver. So he goes up and gets the ball. I mean, that first touchdown against the 49ers, you know, it was a little debatable, you know, talking about if he got his elbow in there. I mean, personally, I thought it was a touchdown. But
1: okay, yeah, I thought your doesn't your hand count as like a foot? I don't.
0: I I don't believe it does. Um, uh, that
1: to me, that's a rule that should be changed. Like, why is your, why is the hand not like a body part that can be counted towards you know as like one you know one foot? Yeah, I mean it's
0: i mean it was a heck of a catch regardless um but yeah i i mean i agree with you it's it's that whole i think it just has to be based with what's considered uh like to be a da- like considered like a down um body part you know like a knee um you know and a hand's not considered like if you touch the ground with your hand when you're being tackled you're not considered down i think that's probably some of the reasoning behind it but I mean, he makes those catches all the time. So, um,
1: but I yeah, I, I mean, but I, I would say there's only I would say for sure he's top three. I mean, and obviously I have Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I, I would think it, you know, the number one receiver, quote unquote, would be one of those three guys currently. But it's all it's all pretty close. There, yeah. So.
0: No, I mean you could make an argument for any one of those guys. And a lot of people are going to throw Julio in that conversation too. I mean, I'd probably prioritize those 3 over Julio at this point, but Yeah. I mean there's they're all phenomenal wide receivers, so.
1: Well, can I just say I think we've we've had somebody listening to this podcast specifically Josh Allen because you know, he just decided to look great again for no reason whatsoever besides uh, maybe the Seattle pass defense is one of the, I think I saw it was like one of the worst pass defenses in like the last 20 years or something. You know, so maybe that'll do the trick for you. But, uh, I mean, what did you think of that game?
0: Um, well, Pete Carroll came out and said he didn't have any spot in his head. To even comprehend that loss, I mean that right there—that <laughs> should pretty much tell you. I mean, they just—they got outcoached, they got outplayed. Um, you know, I did hear a couple people mention that it seemed like uh, Wilson was pressing a little bit. And he, granted, he kind of has to. I mean, you know, after they acquired Jamal Adams, that the idea behind that trade was that it would help their defense out, um, take some of that pressure off the offense. That has not been the case. And Seattle's had the same problem they've had over the last two years. They can't keep any running backs healthy. I mean...
1: Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I, it literally doesn't even matter who it is either, like...
0: Yeah, I mean, what are the odds of them, like, consistently having these running back issues? Like, at this point, if this keeps happening, you got to wonder, is it something with, like, the training staff or what? Because yeah. it is ridiculous to see... Like, you know, their top three running backs all missing this amount of time.
1: Well, and you would think there'd be some other guys that could be good enough just to fill in here and there. Which I know this like, what Dallas guy or whatever. I I forget what his first name is, but I mean he's looked pretty decent. But uh, but yeah, I just like I said. I, I think Jamal Adams is almost one of those things where you have a really good player, you know, an above-average player on just an absolutely atrocious team. And so it kind of, like, amplifies, you know, like, his skill set and how good he looks. And then once he gets traded, you know, for, like, a massive deal and actually shows up to the other team, it's like... Well, he's above average, but he's not quite the superstar that, you know, Seattle has previously had on their defense. I, I don't know what I, – I remember saying that probably like week two or three, that Jamal Adams not quite as good as what, what people think. Uh, I don't know what you – what your take on that would be.
0: No, I, I think you brought up a great point there with, you know, you take a, you know, a really good player – from a bad team. I mean, granted, he's going to look like a superstar on a bad team because no one else on that team is doing anything on defense. I mean, the Jets' defense has not been competitive for years. Um, So I agree. I mean, some of it seems – I mean, some of it you got to think has to be some of the coaching too. Um, I've heard a lot of calls for – uh, their defensive coordinator, to be fired. Granted, I don't know a ton about, um, you know, Seattle's coaching staff aside from Pete Carroll. But, I mean, you, you would think – I mean, the defense should not be this bad, at least in my opinion. But.
1: Do they have the same defensive coordinator from the two years they went to the Super Bowl, do you know? Or is it somebody
0: – I really don't know. Um,
1: I would think you'd have to – for them to go from – obviously, you know, they they had great players back then, but I would think for them to just straight up go from first to dead last by, you know, in what, like six years, I would think that would have to be a different, different coach, especially from last year even. I mean, I, even last year they were at least somewhat decent. So, yeah, I, I – it is – the Bills are 7-2, and but once again, just coming out of this game, the talk is about <laughs> not even them, really. It's about just the other team. So, I don't know. I really do hope the Bills can actually achieve something this year, like maybe a playoff win. <laughs> but, man, I don't know. I just... I don't know. I mean, I guess... I don't know. I, I still don't know what to think of the Bills. I think they're bad... Well, I think they're an okay seven and two team. Yeah, I, I
0: just—I actually just looked it up, and uh, their defensive coordinator's been with them for eleven years. So. Oh this, well,
1: what the, what what happened? So is it the coaching then, or is it just the players? Well, I. Because I, I mean, you I can, think
0: I think it can still be the coaching. You know, cause well, it, right, right, it, it doesn't mean he's a bad coach, and it's, it's definitely not all on him. Because the talent they have now, is not the Legion of Boom. I mean, I heard some people. I think I heard Colin Cowher or someone mention, after they got Jamal Adams, that this was going to be close to the Legion of Boom. Um, don't quote me on that. It might have been someone else, but it was it was. It's some, okay, it was probably Colin. Yeah, yeah. And I was and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't think, Jam-, you know, I'm like Jamal Adams is a good good player, but I'm like, I don't think he makes them anywhere close to the legion of boom again and granted at that time i never would have saw their defense being this bad you know i I would think more of like a middle of the road you know type of defense but i mean so i i think it's probably a little bit of a mix of the two i mean obviously the fans first impulse is always to fire the coach or the coordinator um which isn't always the right answer so
1: yeah, well, that's enough about Seattle's bad defense. Uh, so I I guess just to pile on the pain train right now, you can just uh you know the the Cowboys we almost had it, we almost had that dollar on the on the fishing pole, but uh, we couldn't quite pull it off. I mean this was. Pretty much what we've been doing the past two years is uh, losing one possession games. Now, granted, the line was ha- was the Steelers were a plus 14. So for us to even be within five points is pretty miraculous to me. And at least we looked competent. The defense is doing something finally. I don't know why it took Andy Dalton getting his head demolished uh, for our defense to actually do something. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, (laughs) during the game, at least this year, it's nice to see the team performing somewhat well, but it's also like, that was three hours, I can never get back again, so, I mean, I, I don't know, it's, it's just, it's it's painful all around.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, you guys played a good game, I mean, for not having Dak, I mean, I don't think anyone expected this game to be remotely close. I certainly didn't. And the fact that I was thinking you guys might be able to pull it out there for the longest time. Um, I mean, I think part of it was Pittsburgh probably came in a little bit overconfident.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's true. I mean, they always play they, they seem to play down to their competition which doesn't necessarily bode well for, you know, a deep playoff run, but
0: yeah. I mean I mean you're right there and and Big Ben did get did get hurt. I saw that they said he has two knee injuries on both <laughs> knees that he's dealing with now, which is the last thing they need and <laughs> and already pretty immobile quarterback having injuries well, to both his knees.
1: I think they ruled him out for this week.
0: Did they really?
1: I think I saw that. Let me ch- let me double check that if you want to keep filling
0: yeah, I, I I didn't think I saw that but I mean if they did it's good old Mason Rudolph time um, it doesn't look like a call's been made based off of what I'm seeing um,
1: okay well well oh oh it's not his knees mark he got placed on the <coughs> list uh so
0: gosh that was disgusting
1: uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, that might have been a little bit too loud. I'm sorry about that if you're listening out there, but you, you'll yeah. get over it, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, so, okay, yeah, he's going to have to... So, Vance McDonald tested positive. Oh, and then okay. Roethlisberger was around him. And it looks like he's going to have to test negative for like four or five days in a row. Uh, so, they... So it looks like he could be cleared to play Friday if he continues to test negative.
0: Okay. Well, this—I mean—he probably would have had most of the week off anyways, you know, to for his knee for his knees' sake.
1: But I mean, they're playing the Bengals, so I feel like he shouldn't need too much of you know, like a you know,
0: you know, you know the... warm up. <laughs> I mean, you never know, though. I mean, they came in overconfident against you guys and. The Bengals did surprise last week, so.
1: I mean, I guess that's true. So, you, you never know. I guess this year.
0: I mean, I don't think you're remembering how bad Mason Rudolph was at points last year.
1: <laughs> that's fair, but still, I mean, it's it is like, it is the Bengals defense. Like it's not like their defense got much better. It's mostly the Bengals offense, right? Which might pressure the Steelers. You know, it might have kind of like a. I don't know a rolling effect but I mean
0: I'm still picking the Steelers either way but
1: um. oh yeah me too but,
0: <laughs> but um, yeah I mean good game by the Cowboys for what they were dealing with but at this point it's just better for Dallas to keep on losing I agree but um, moving on So the Atlanta Falcons, ever since they have fired Dan Quinn seem to have found a little bit of success hidden
1: here. Uh,
0: do you think there's a possibility with the extra playoff team that they're able to sneak into the playoffs?
1: So this is probably a team that should uh, keep losing, but instead always like to start off like two and seven, three and six, and then just end up going seven and nine. Uh, and not making the playoffs. And I don't see them making it in this in the NFC this year. I mean, it looks like the Rams and the Cardinals are going to make it and the Buccaneers, or the, you know, right now it looks like the Buccaneers will be a wild card team. So...
0: Well, and you've, it, you've also got the Vikings who have seemed to have put together well, enough of a team to be able to win some games to...
1: I mean, and technically, if you want to get a little bit risque, you got the Bears. <laughs> but, um, I mean, do you think the Falcons have a better chance of making it than the Bears, even though they're, like, two games behind them?
0: No, I, I don't. I think, honestly, I, I think they're probably better suited in the playoffs than the Bears, just because the Bears can't put up any points. Um, but I feel like that two-win advantage, the Bears' hot start gave them a lot of advantages that they probably didn't deserve to have. (laughs) Um, So all they have to do is pull out a couple more ugly victories to give themselves a good shot.
1: I'd say the only way the Falcons might sneak in is if, I know the the NFL is talking about a 16-team playoff, for if games got canceled or just something whack wacky happened, but yeah, I don't see them. Uh, to me, they seem like they're gonna go like seven to nine again. But
0: yeah. but yeah, nope, I agree. Um, well, that's enough of the Falcons. Uh, yes, there was another blowout this last week, and I don't think anyone really saw it coming all the picks I saw before the game uh had the Buccaneers winning.
1: Uh but
0: man the Saints the Saints rolled into town and Jameis got to you to W and
1: uh <laughs> Yeah, we both picked why didn't we pick the Buc- why, why did we pick the Buccaneers for <laughs> I, I
0: I think it's just, you know, we talked so much earlier in the season about the dec- the decline of Drew Brees. Um yeah, I mean, part of it for me was probably still rubbing off from, um, you know, the Packers beat the Saints earlier in the year, and Tampa Bay steamrolled the Packers. So part of that was probably some of just my personal experience with Tampa Bay and the Saints. But, um, I mean, even if I would have picked the Saints, I wouldn't have expected them. Because, what, it was 35-3, to right?
1: Yeah, 38-3. to Yeah,
0: I mean, that's... That's insane.
1: <laughs> well, to me it almost looks more like the Buccaneers don't match up very well against the Saints. Not necessarily that the, you know, that the Buccaneers all of a sudden are like, "Oh, you know, cuz everyone like way overreacted like, oh, they're they're terrible again." You know, it's like Absolutely. Well, well, you know, they beat the Packers by a lot. They beat the Raiders by a lot. Like obviously they kind of struggled against the Giants a little bit. But I you know, everyone kinda of has, you know, those struggle, you know, games where they where they are able to pull it out, but it's more of a mat I don't know, it more of a matchup issue. I feel like if these teams played again in the playoffs, it would probably the Saints would probably win again just based off of I mean, they've absolutely destroyed Tom Brady. So Right.
0: No, I agree. I mean I think it was more of I mean I agree I don't think they match up I mean I think Tampa Bay just again got out coached and outplayed I mean it was just it was already gonna be tough for them to come you know to win that game but when you don't come in completely uh, on point uh, it just made for what we ended up getting so I I agree a lot of overreactions to it Um, I think this is more of a kind of like a little fluke game. Tampa Bay's still a good team. But people just want to hate on Brady. So with this loss, everybody's like, oh, the Buccaneers are trash.
1: So. Yeah. What did you think of Ole Antonio Brown? <laughs> I mean,
0: what, what were his numbers?
1: I don't think he had like four catches for like 30 or 40 yards, something like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of what I expected. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't really thinking Antonio Brown was going to come in and put up a 150-yard game with two touchdowns or anything like that in his first game back. I mean, I know Tom Brady has played with him before, briefly, granted, um, <laughs> but this is a new team. Offense looks different. So, plus. A lot more uh, people catching balls, a lot more targets in uh, Tampa Bay than there were in New England when when uh, Brady was theirs. So,
1: well, you know the sad thing is that they have the Evans Godwin and now Antonio Brown, but so far through the season, I think uh, about 50, it might have been like 49% to be exact, but. Um, of Tom Brady's targets has gone to either running backs or tight ends. Yeah. So not like he's not even throwing the ball to his three, you know, stud receivers, Well, I guess two for the most part of this year, stud receivers. And even then it seemed like a lot of his targets were going to Scotty Miller. So, and granted Chris Godwin has been injured and clearly so far, it's looked like Mike Evans has been the favorite receiver target. Um, but I don't know. I I don't know if Antonio Brown's gonna do much for him unless they were just expecting Chris Godwin just to continue to get you know injured.
0: Yeah, I mean Brady's just been throwing to Gronk again recently. So <laughs> I mean you you had him as a target as well, and like you said, I mean he's so used to throwing to th- running to running backs and tight ends anyways because that's all he had in New England. But yeah, I mean it, it gives him plenty of wide receiver depth. I mean theoretically he should have at least one or two open options uh, with all the talent, but
1: I would think
0: it's just a matter of uh, him uh, him finding who's open and also obviously having the time to be able to get it to him
1: right. Well, uh, who would have thought the, the Monday night game between the Jets and the Patriots would be much more exciting than uh, that game?
0: You know, it was an exciting game. It still wasn't one that was fun to watch. <laughs> it's two awful teams.
1: Is uh, This is like a battle of good players from like 2012, 2013. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I I cannot, you know, I, I'm sorry for people that like Cam Newton out there, but it just looks like he's having a stroke every time he throws a football, man. I just, I cannot get over his throwing motion. It looks so bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I thought this was going to be the beginning of the Joe Flacco comeback train. I mean, you know, I was thinking maybe they get a win here and they just win out the rest of their schedule, make it to the playoffs.
1: Here's the thing. Joe Flacco always plays extremely well against the Patriots. I feel like Joe Flacco could resurrect his career if he could just play the Patriots every week. Because I don't know what it is. like. I don't know if he has a winning record against them or not, but in every single one of those games that, he, that he's played, it's always been close, uh, at least. So, I don't know why... Honestly, how is Joe Flacco even playing in the league? That's what I want to know. Like, I mean, I know it's the Jets, but it still is like, wow, Joe Flacco's still in the league. That's that's impressive.
0: Yeah, I mean it. it at least it was close. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't exactly the talent we wanted to see it highlighted, but, um, you know. Fortunately for the Jets, they lost, and I say fortunately because they're still holding out hope that uh, Trevor Lawrence decides not to return to Clemson. <laughs> I'm sure. So uh, this definitely keeps them in the ballpark for that number one pick. Well, actually, keeps them firmly in the driver's seat.
1: I mean, what the only? I mean, the Giants got their second win. Jacksonville's up. Jacksonville's got only one. And, uh, what, they probably will play each other. Or have they already played each other?
0: Uh, I don't think they've played each other. But Jacksonville's already got their quarterback of the future. Oh. And it's not Gardner Minshew. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what was that guy's name? It's like lushan uh, or Lu- Luton Lu- or something? Luton,
0: I don't remember his first name. Played a pretty good game, though. I mean, he, 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 threw, uh, he threw like a 70-yard pass to... Uh, Chark to start off the game, so...
1: Well, granted, that was, like, a 10-yard pass, and then Chark ran 60 yards, but we'll give it to him. No, no, no,
0: it was a 70-yard pass. (laughs) It was in the air for 70 yards.
1: You just chucked it from the one end zone to the other. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But, I mean, you know, this is kind of what the Jaguars seem to be good at, finding a sixth-round quarterback who fills in for an underperforming or injured quarterback, and... Becomes the starter, and then he gets replaced by the same chain of command that he got his job from in the first place. So.
1: Man, the Jaguars don't play. Th- oh, I forget that the Jets actually were 7-9 last year, so they weren't last in their division. So they actually don't play <laughs> the Jets.
0: <laughs> that would be. Man, get a week 17 with them having um, tied records. Having to uh, play they should other.
1: flex that.
0: Well, and then and then they end up both just trying so hard to lose. They end up tying zero to zero. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, they have a they have a, a field goal battle where oh. they just have the two worst kickers in the league
0: <laughs> Try, trying to kick sixty-seven yard field goals.
1: Oh yes, but. man, Matt Rule for the Panthers. He he gets bold. At least he inspires his players to try to, you know, win the games.
0: Okay, honestly, I liked that decision. I think, I think teams should try that more often if you've got a
1: kicker. It had the distance.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've, you've got a better chance, in my opinion, of kicking a 67-yard field goal than getting a Hail Mary.
1: Yeah, honestly. I, yeah. I mean, I didn't, for- I didn't mind the decision.
0: I mean, granted, if I have Cody Parkey as a kicker, I'm probably not doing it. But
1: well, right. I mean, he's got to be able to kick it yeah. that far.
0: Yeah. I mean, but if you've got a kicker who can hit from 50 plus at a pretty good rate, I'm trying it.
1: I mean, the Colts. Uh, the Colts tried it with Pat McAfee, and he was not. He's not even like a kicker. Yeah. They they tried what, That was like a 64, 65, something like that.
0: Yeah. I mean. I mean, most kickers can get that distance. It's just a matter of. And you actually get it between the posts I mean but.
1: Right, I mean I don't, that's just one thing, it's like you, whenever you try to swing out of your shoes whenever you're playing golf or something and you just slice it, that's pretty much exactly what it looked like is they just tried to kick it as hard as possible and he just ended up slicing it right
0: Well, I'm, you know, I'm sure kickers try the, these types of kicks all the time in practice, but
1: um, well, I'd hope so. I'm mean, yeah. not doing anything else.
0: But you know, once you actually have people rushing in trying to block it, it's a whole nother, uh, whole nother story. So.
1: Right, right. But. Well, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, franchise quarterbacks there, and so I don't know. It kind of made me think of what's your thoughts uh, on potential rookie of the year picks? I would say right now, there's maybe I don't know. I can think of maybe five or six guys that you could put into the conversation, but obviously I would think Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are leading it right now. Um, I don't know if you want me to mention the other guys I was thinking of or not, but
0: well, might as well. I mean, I I agree with you. I think it's between Herbert and Burrow, but who else? I think
1: reckon? I think you know if we. Obviously, I think if Tua goes, like, 9-0 or something crazy, you know, he might steal it. Um, but right now, I don't think he's played enough. But uh, if we shift away from the quarterback a little bit, I think you have... Uh, there's Chase Claypool for the Steelers has been quite nice. Uh, I think C.D. Lamb probably... Yeah, he might have been able to sneak it out if Dak would have you know, would still be healthy because he was putting up some pretty absurd numbers those first five games. I think T. Higgins has played really well, but obviously with Burrow throwing in the ball, it's like, you know, you're going to give it to Burrow instead of the receiver. And I think, I don't know, I think Jonathan Taylor through the first few weeks had a shot, but I don't know, the Colts seem to not be trusting him with his fumbling issues. So,
0: yeah,
1: I don't know if you can think of anyone. I mean, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire kind of yeah, just, yeah. I mean, his it.
0: roles, he had a better shot before they brought in Le'Veon Bell.
1: Um, just well, cause. even, even since Bell's been on the team, like even the couple weeks before Bell got there, he was still kind of like, eh, not really like super exciting.
0: Yeah. So, if you had to pick between Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, who are you picking?
1: Personally, I think I would choose Joe Burrow. Um, because I, I do think, as far as you know, I know Herbert's put up been putting up a little bit better stats, but you got to think. I mean, he has Keenan Allen to throw to. A, a top ten receiver, probably. Um, he's got Mike Williams, who is a you know constant deep threat for them. Hunter Henry, and then you just look at what Joe Burrow has to deal with as far as offensive line issues. I, I mean, he, literally from last year to this year, his pictures like he looks like he's like a drug addict now, and maybe he is after. <laughs> After all the sacks he's gone through, but but uh, I don't know. I would pick Joe Burrow just on a talent level and based on what he has around him. You know what he's doing, doing with the pieces around him. But what well, what would you who would you choose?
0: I mean, I I, I totally get what you're saying and I agree, but. I think it gives Herbert the opportunity to put up a better stat line, you know. And so I'm, I'm kind of going to – and it gives him more of an opportunity, I think. I mean, granted, I don't think the Chargers are really going to do anything this season. Um, but, like, if you know, if we look at the stats, um, you know, I just pulled those up. So Justin Herbert has 17 touchdowns, five interceptions, He's got 104.7 QBR. You've got Joe Burrow, who's got 11 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 91.4 QBR. So, I mean, you know, both, both, are, both are playing well as rookies. I mean, there's, there's no doubt there. That's why they're in the rookie of the year conversation. I just, I just think that Herbert has such an advantage to put up much better stats than Burrow. And granted, Burrow's expected to, I mean, we've already seen the Bengals are, you know, making him go out there and throw 45 passes a game. I mean, he threw like, what was it, 60-something um, at the beginning of the season. So, I mean, he's kind of being put into some situations where teams know they're passing, you know, and, you know, Herbert doesn't have nearly as much of that. So I'm gonna lean with Herbert wins it, but there's definitely an argument to be made for both.
1: Yeah, and I get like looking at the stats, it would support Herbert right now. But I, I don't know, just I guess just based on the old school eye test metric I would lean if I was choosing I would say Joe Burrow. I think you are correct right now. I think right now it probably does, as far as who the NFL will give it to and the voters will give it to, it they'll probably give it to Herbert right now. I'd say if you're a betting person, it'd probably be good to put something on Tua. I don't know what the odds are at this point. He probably shot way up after this past week, but I don't know. I mean, he's 2-0, and and that's already like half the total wins that... Uh, uh, the Chargers and the Bengals have gotten.
0: The only thing you have to remember with Tua, and that Tua's got to his disadvantage, is he's not going to end up playing as many games um, as as Burrow and Herbert uh, because they started the season with Fitzpatrick, and that is something that's usually considered. Um, so that's just another thing to keep in yeah. mind
1: there. It might be the the Zion effect. I mean, it, you know, it
0: it, like you said, if Tua goes up and, you know, wins like nine games or something like that and puts up phenomenal numbers, I mean, obviously he's going to be in that conversation a lot more often, but he's at a little bit of a disadvantage because he started a little later.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, then I guess uh, what uh, what would you say your uh, mid season MVP uh, candidates are? and and pick
0: boy this is tough I mean you know a lot of people had Russell Wilson in that conversation I still think Russell Wilson's definitely there Kyler Murray is another guy to consider Uh, for sure he's putting up a phenomenal season you, know, you can't forget about my man Aaron Rodgers uh, playing out of his mind this year, putting up one of his best seasons um, at the age of 36 or 37. I mean, Patty Mahomes is – I mean, no one – you can't forget about him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing with Mahomes is Mahomes serves a pass, like a side pass, and, you know, the NFL will freak out about it. And, you know, you, you'll see that with Rodgers, too, a lot of the time. But, you know, someone like Kyler Murray does it, not even, like, a mention. <laughs> like, like, you know, I, I get it. Like, Mahomes can throw a lot of balls. He's a good quarterback. He should be able to throw it side-armed. He should be able to flick it out. He, he should have that p- presence to be able to get rid of the ball. But... You know, he gets he gets a little overblown coverage on some of it. I think just because of his performance over the last two years. So, I mean, as long as he keeps playing the way he does, I mean, he's got twenty five touchdowns and one interception right now. I mean,
1: I feel like Mahomes might become like LeBron, somebody that probably should win it every year, <laughs> but they're like, ah, we're tired of giving it to this guy. Yeah, let's give it to someone else.
0: Yeah, that's that's definitely true.
1: Who's your pick? I, I know you want to give it to Rodgers, Mark. <laughs>
0: the thing is, <laughs> I mean...
1: Look, I'm, I'm not going to argue. I, I mean, yeah. But...
0: I mean, I, I, I am going to give it to Rodgers, not just... And part of it's because I'm a Packers fan, but because <laughs> he is putting up MVP-type numbers. So...
1: Okay. Hear me out here. The MVP should be Kyler Murray. And I don't say that I I know they're 5 and 3, but that's pretty good. Nobody thought the Cardinals were going to be 5 and 3 at this point. He right now is outpacing what Lamar Jackson did last year. But since Lamar actually, you know, already has done that, nobody cares. Like nobody cares that Kyler Murray is just running all over the place, running for, you know, a hundred yards almost every game and a rushing touchdown almost every game. And I know like he's thrown more interceptions than Mahomes and Rogers. But I, I don't know, I just I, I do not understand why everyone was so hype on Lamar Jackson last year. And Lamar Jackson can barely throw a football and Kyler Murray's throwing like three hundred yards a game two or three touchdowns a game, and running at the same pace, and, like, nobody even cares. I, I, That's just, that's what is driving me crazy. But, I don't know. I think, I think at this point, at my order at this point, if I was choosing, I would say Kyler Murray, Mahomes, Rodgers, and then Wilson. But... I don't know, Rodgers obviously has been playing fantastic, and I don't know, I guess I wouldn't pick Murray had Lamar Jackson not done what he did last year, I would probably say Mahomes and then Rodgers, but it's just like wild, I don't know, That just it is wild to me what like the, the, the sports media can act like what is good and what is like we don't care about, it's just wild to me.
0: Kyler Murray should have just stuck with baseball.
1: Oh, man. He'd never be an MVP in baseball. (laughs) Nobody cares about Oakland, Mark.
0: (laughs) That's true. I mean, granted, we probably wouldn't have seen him for a couple
1: years anyways.
0: So, Um, I I think it's fair to say that he probably made the right decision.
1: Um, Well, and whenever he was making that decision, was anyone thinking he was going to be like this good? Like, to be honest, like, two years ago, I was like, eh, right now, you know, while he was at Oklahoma, I was like, eh, you know, Mayfield still kind of looks better than Kyler Murray as far as playing college. And then, kind of, as, like, the season progressed, and as, like, last year progressed, it was like, mm, Kyler Murray is, like, (laughs) light years ahead of Baker Mayfield, and especially Jalen Hurts from, you know, this past year, but, yeah. Just, it's just disappointing not to even hear his name in any of these conversations, I feel like. No, nope, but I, I agree with you. I, I mentioned him too. I just,
0: I don't think he has that advantage over Rodgers and uh, Mahomes when, for the pure passing numbers. Granted, neither one of them's going to put up the rushing stats he puts up. But.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I would choose. I'd be more willing to choose Rodgers if I just didn't have a personal bias against him. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> hey, you're you're warming up to him a little bit. I I'm sure.
1: Yeah, thanks to Pat McAfee. That's the only reason.
0: Yeah. Love my Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays, but. Um, well, I think that covers all the storylines. I don't have anything else if you don't.
1: Nah, I don't really have too much more. <laughs> well,
0: let's let's get on with our picks. Um, and I, I will just say, before we get started with this, I think this is could be an interesting week for me to make up a lot of ground because we've got a lot of matchups that could go either way, in my opinion.
1: Yes, you made up one uh, this past week on the, the Colts and the Ravens, and it looked like the Colts were going to maybe swing something there in the first half, but as soon as Jonathan Taylor fumbled and Phillip River just fell on his butt, it was like, well, that that there goes that, but... Yep. Well, so if, well, I think I think you're I think you're five or six behind me. So you're not really that far behind.
0: Uh, this is the perfect week for me to make it up. I'm gonna let you pick first every time. Um, <laughs> starting off, Jonas, are you picking uh, the Colts at the Titans?
1: Look, I'm back on the Titans train, fifteen one Titans. <laughs> and yeah. Philip Rivers can just Philip Rivers ability to just turn the ball over like 10 times in a game, I just turns me off of the Colts.
0: Look, the Colts defense is about to hold Derrick Henry under 75 rushing yards and oh. Ryan Tannehill under 173 passing yards. So, oh. I'm picking the Colts.
1: Yeah, I know I just I know I just talked a bunch of hype about the Colts last week as well, but uh I just, I think the Titans will win this. But Espe- you know they're at home too. So, yeah. Mark, I'll pick the Eagles. Uh, if you want to pick the Giants, <laughs> be my guest.
0: <laughs> you know I feel like it'd be stupid to pick the Giants. Although, granted, anything can happen in this division.
1: Uh, Look, I'll tell you right now, the Giants are going to get out to about a ten-point lead, and in the last six minutes of the game, they're going to blow it.
0: Look, this is a game that I'm going to agree with you on.
1: I think the next game is as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think this next one should be our big brain pick of the week. <laughs> you know, I agree. Let's
1: go with Jacksonville.
0: Yeah. Uh, pa- <laughs> Packers at Jacksonville. Um, boy, if, I mean, if the Packers blew out, you know, the injured 49ers, I feel like the Jaguars are going to suffer a similar fate.
1: I also, I hope so, just for fantasy purposes.
0: Yeah, Devontae Adams is about to have a 250 receiving yard day. Uh, next, we've got the, the Washington football team at the Lions. Uh, you know what? I'll go first on this one. Uh, I'm picking the Lions um, because Matthew Stafford, mainly, <laughs> and... I think the Lions have the edge in this matchup.
1: Is Matthew Stafford back, I guess? Is his back back?
0: I don't know. I haven't heard anything that he's going to be out. I'm picking them regardless, so.
1: I, you know, I don't know. I just can't pick Washington. They're just so bad.
0: But maybe yeah, I mean, poor Washington. Although uh, I think Alex Smith's going to be starting, so
1: I know that's the only thing that could save them. But even this past week, he just looks like he hasn't played in so long. Well, but it might take f- him a couple.
0: To be fair, he hasn't played in a while.
1: Well, I know. Well, that's. I mean, that's why I say that. But.
0: Um. So next up, we've got the Texans at the Browns.
1: You got me to choose this one first. Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with the Texans. I think Deshaun Watson can just single-handedly carry them against the Browns.
0: Well, I'm not going to say that I disagree with you, um, but I'm picking the Browns for my own sake because I think this one's kind of a toss-up.
1: It is. It is somewhat.
0: Uh, next, we've got the Buccaneers at the Panthers.
1: Um, the Buccaneers. Even if the Buccaneers played absolutely horrible last week, I'm still picking the Buccaneers.
0: Yeah. So, nope, same here. Last week was a fluke, in my opinion. So, And the Panthers aren't the Saints. Right. Uh, next, we've got Justin Herbert versus Tua.
1: Well, you know I've been on the Dolphins' train all season, so no point in picking against them now.
0: And I've been a Justin Herbert fan since day one, so...
1: And that has not turned out well for you.
0: Not for wins, but...
1: You know, Mark, this is the third time that you've picked against the Dolphins.
0: Well, look, (laughs) I'm picking based off of Justin Herbert's performance alone. It's not his fault that his wide receiver can't doesn't catch the ball there at the end of the game or
1: I that is fair but it's also the Dolphins defense has quietly gone under the radar this season maybe that Byron Jones signing is actually being somewhat you know useful
0: you guys could certainly use them but
1: (laughs) no we're tanking all
0: right I I think we're probably gonna agree on this one but uh, the Broncos at the Raiders I'm picking the Raiders.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah.
0: Um, we've got the Bills at the Cardinals, which could be an interesting matchup.
1: Hmm. This one is
0: so hard. I'm going to guess you're going to lean towards the Cardinals because of
1: Kyler. I just... I'm going to pick the Cardinals and just assume that the Bills are actually going to win just because they want to prove me wrong. It's just like a personal vendetta they have against me for some reason.
0: I am picking the Bills. uh, Because, you know what, the Bills came out, they stomped Seattle, they're going to stomp the Cardinals. I really
1: hope the Bills lose so I can just dish on them next week.
0: Josh Allen (laughs) is the MVP. No oh, question in my mind. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> uh, we'll probably agree on this one, too. We've got uh, the beat-up 49ers at the Saints.
1: Yeah, just unfortunate. I-, I would actually rather the 49ers win this game just because I just hate the Saints. But...
0: Yeah, in my mind, there's no way they win this game.
1: No, surely not. Oh man, this is another tough one. I mean, I could really extend my lead this week if I'm choosing all these to right. <laughs> you could, you
0: could, or I could make up all my ground.
1: Right now, because we've got one, two, three, four, four different ones. Oh, I'm going with whatever you pick on this one. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: I'm I'm gonna pick the Seahawks, uh, because. Pete Carroll's too good of a coach to have two games in a row, um, like what they had last week. So I I think they're gonna they got humbled a little bit, and they're gonna be better.
1: Yeah, I mean I was kind of leaning towards Seattle just because I think Jared Goff is just blech. But who knows, he could pull out just a wild game. Just throw the ball to Robert Woods, please.
0: Yeah. Uh, Next we've got Bengals at the Steelers. Uh, Even if Big Ben doesn't play, I'm picking the Steelers. I mentioned that earlier.
1: Yeah, I'm picking the Steelers.
0: Uh, And then we've got the Ravens versus Cam Newton, your favorite quarterback.
1: You know, honestly, if they're starting Jared Stidham, I, I might pick the Patriots. But
0: I can't pick the Patriots. But I'm. mean. It is nice
1: to see the Patriots just losing games, though.
0: It is. It is. And next we've got a. This could be an. This could be a pretty interesting Monday night game. The Vikings at the Bears.
1: <laughs> Nobody's stopping Dalvin Cook. So, Dalvin Cook has like almost a thousand rush yards. Derrick Henry has almost a thousand rush yards, except Dalvin Cook has played one less game.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, if there's a defense that can probably stop him, it's probably the Bears. Um,
1: Look. Like, I think Khalil Mack is fed up with this garbage on offense. Like, I feel like at some point he's just gonna not care anymore.
0: Oh well, I'm picking like the last Viki- season. Don't worry, I'm picking up. The, I'm picking the Vikings too. Uh, well, I figured. You know, even even if the Bears can stop Dalvin Cook, uh, they're not gonna be able to put up any points. So. That covers all of our picks. Did you have anything on the NFL left you wanted to cover?
1: Yeah, you know what, Mark, I'm gonna pick the Rams. <laughs> I'm gonna be bold here. Ooh, okay. I'm gonna. I, I'm going for the the extension of the lead.
0: All right. Maybe, maybe we'll we'll just end up tying on this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it's because of this game.
0: Yeah. Like, if one of us doesn't gain, like, at least three games from this...
1: Right, well, because that's six different. One, two, three, four... No, five different. But, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think a couple... Like, two or three weeks ago, we picked six different, <laughs> and we went three and three. <laughs> so, when nothing happened.
0: Yeah. But, Well.
1: yeah, that's all I got for, for that, so...
0: Well, let's, let's switch gears. Uh, we've got some MLB news back again uh, because the MLB has uh, been announcing all of their end of the season award winners. Uh, the only one we have yet to have heard at the time of recording was the MVP. So, uh, you know, we can go into our predictions about the MVP, um, you know, after this, but um, for the Cy Young, you had Trevor Bauer and Shane Bieber end up winning it. Uh, For Rookie of the Year, you had Devin Williams and Kyle Lewis. Then for Manager of the Year, you had Don Mattingly from the Marlins and Kevin Cash from the Rays. Now, just looking at those, is there anything you would change there or you have any issues with?
1: Hmm. I feel like it was pretty clear-cut this year. I mean...
0: The, the only one of contention that I was thinking, and the, it's just because I heard so much hype, was Devin Williams. And everybody's logic was because he's a relief pitcher, he shouldn't win rookie of the year. Now, personally, I disagree. Um, you know, I, I kind of get where people are coming from because the other options in the NL were Jake Cronenworth um, from the Padres and Alec Baum from the... Phillies who both who both had nice seasons um, i just think some people some people didn't like that a player who doesn't play every day didn't end up winning it but devin williams was absolutely lights out i mean his changeups one of the nastiest pitches i've ever seen in my lifetime and i mean he had a sub 1 era so
1: yeah i <laughs> See that's funny that people are like, "Oh, he didn't play every day, you know, he's a relief pitcher." And then like uh, the the number one excuse of why uh, a fan's team didn't win the World Series or make the playoffs is, "Oh, we had a bad bullpen." Yeah.
0: yeah. It's so, like,
1: well, What? Well, well, I
0: I saw articles that were that said he shouldn't have won it because he wasn't a closer. But, Josh, but it's
1: like oh wait yeah you're gonna take it away from Josh Hader? Josh
0: Hader, who's won the last two reliever of the year awards, uh, you know you're not gonna take that away from him. So I, I
1: mean, think people forget how good the Brewers bullpen has had been the last you know two to three years. With um, I mean you had Jeffress and you had uh, Corey Knebel and obviously. Those two guys have kind of, you know, Jeffress is not even with you guys, and
0: no, but Jeffress can, ended up almost winning reliever of the year this year as well.
1: Um, yeah, so and, I mean, I mean, to I
0: Tommy John, so
1: I think it's been, I, I think, yeah, I, I, don't know, the, I don't know. Once again, it's just the, the sports media just can't make up its mind on what it wants to be more important at certain times, so...
0: Yeah, in my mind, a good relief pitcher is... because you need the relief pitchers to be able to hold a lead. I mean, right. You know, and I get it. It's It was a close race. I mean, I wouldn't have been upset if Williams didn't win it, but in my mind, there's no justification to say that he didn't deserve it just because he's the relief pitcher. That's more... That's, that's a lot of the stuff I've been seeing is because he's a relief pitcher, he shouldn't be eligible to win it. So.
1: Yeah, the – I mean, who else did we have? Who were the, the other nominations for Cy Young?
0: I don't remember. Yu uh, Darvish was second in the NL.
1: He was pretty good, but, yeah.
0: I mean, in my mind, you say Young was pretty clear-cut between, uh, excuse me, uh, between Bauer and Bieber. I mean, they both put up phenomenal seasons.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, the only, I don't know. What what do you think about, obviously Kevin Cash as manager of the year makes total sense. The, the NL, yeah. I mean, it's hard not to give it, to Don Mattingly, considering nobody thought the Marlins would be anything. But... I, I
0: I think it makes sense in the NL. You know, because you're not always looking at where the team finishes. You know, a lot of people are like, my team won the World Series, why didn't I win Manager of the Year? You know, it's it's about improvement. You know, Marlins didn't have big expectations coming in. Granted, it was an injury-shortened season, or a you know, it was a shortened season, you know, but the fact that they with with their massive amount of their their big outbreak early in the season, yeah, all the different players that played for them, a lot of these guys, I had no idea who they were, um, I mean, it makes perfect sense to me why he won it,
1: yeah, well, uh, Dave Roberts should win it just for not making an absolutely stupid decision <laughs> during the playoffs this year. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Well, I'd, I'd be interested to hear what your MVP predictions are.
1: Dude, I have no idea. I mean, I'm not really sure, I, you know. I, I can give you
0: the top three. From yeah, what I, been...
1: you, you, I think you probably know a little bit more about it than I do. So, I, I'll let you throw out some names first.
0: So, in the National League, you know, three players that are being mentioned quite a bit. Freddie Freeman. So, mm, yeah. Fre- Freeman batted, th- he had a 341, 462, 640 split. 13 home runs, 51 runs, 53 RBIs. Really good season for him. You also have Mookie Betts. 292. Yeah, I he'd be on there. 292, 366, 565 slash line. 16 home runs, 47 runs, 39 RBIs. And uh, Manny Machado, uh, who I wasn't even thinking about until I started looking, but he did have a nice season, Uh, 304, 370, 580, slash with 60 home runs, 44 runs, 47 RBIs.
1: Hmm. Um,
0: On the American League, you've got Jose Abreu, who just absolutely dominated this season.
1: He'd, uh, he played quite well. Yeah, I mean,
0: 317, 370, 617 slash 19 home runs, 43 runs, 60 RBIs. Mm. Uh, DJ LeMahieu uh, for the Yankees, he had a 364, 421, 590 with 10 home runs, 41 runs, 10 home runs, 41 runs, 27 RBIs. And then you have Jose Ramirez from the Indians with the 292 386 607 17 home runs, 45 runs, 46 RBIs. Hmm.
1: What about uh, what about Luke Voigt?
0: Hmm, that's an interesting thought as well.
1: I would say Luke Voigt has more of an edge over DJ LeMahieu just cuz LeMahieu was hurt for half the season, but obviously I I I mean especially if you're hurt for half the season and that makes thirty where you have that line on 30 games. But uh, the other... Eight, what, what's really a shame is uh, Charlie Blackman falling off in the end now there in like, the last three weeks. Because at one point, I, like literally about 25 games for the season, he was batting 500, like, which was just absolutely insane. Like, he had a higher batting average in like, the entire Cardinals team, like and a couple other teams. So... Um, I don't know. And, and now, I would say personally, I would go Freddie Freeman. And in the AL, I would say Abreu or Luke Voigt, even though I don't think Luke Voigt would sustain over a full season. But, I mean, you you are what you are for this season.
0: Well, I, I think Abreu has to get it in the AL. I mean, he just dominated I know Voight had a great season, too, but Abreu, I mean, I think Abreu gets it. In the NL, I think Freddie Freeman probably deserves to win it, but I could definitely see it going to Mookie Betts as well.
1: Yeah, just for making it to the World Series.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's tough, but Freeman has a better slash line, so I, I, I think... I think yeah I mean I mean Freeman's batting average is also almost fifty points higher so yeah. i I think I think Freeman I think it's a little bit more closely contested in the NL but um, I think Freeman pulls it out
1: yeah yeah I would think the only thing that would cloud their judgment would be mookie belt bets won the World Series but I think if you just I mean, assuming it's supposed to go on regular season, I would think it would have to go to Freddie Freeman. But
0: yeah, it it is supposed to be regular season. So,
1: but you know these voters.
0: <laughs> that's right. Well, I mean that that's our brief little dip into the baseball world. Um, yep. Let's let's move on to the NCAA. Uh, just you know, two quick storylines, and then our uh, Rutgers fact for you. <laughs> Um, we had a wild game between Notre Dame and Clemson uh, where Notre Dame was just able to edge out a win against Clemson. Uh, Notre Dame's first notable win in a while. So, <laughs> um,
1: Yeah. Well, unfortunately, it looks like this is going to cause Notre Dame to be in the playoff in which they will probably get destroyed again Uh, and also notable, uh, Trevor Lawrence did not play in this game due to coronavirus, right? Yep. But wasn't he on the sidelines with the mask on? I could have swore I I saw him.
0: I have no idea. I didn't...
1: I could have swore I saw him on the sidelines with the mask on, and I was like, doesn't he have, like, isn't he supposed to be quarantining because of coronavirus? So, maybe the NCAA just doesn't care whatsoever. Well, so. But I don't think Notre Dame would have won that game if Trevor Lawrence was playing. It wouldn't it wouldn't have even gone to overtime.
0: I agree. I agree. I mean, the fact that Clemson, in my mind, put up as many points as they did without Trevor Lawrence is probably a promising sign for him. But... Um, And then the other big storyline that just broke about a day ago, um, Ohio State versus Maryland. You know, we've seen a couple cancellations already this season, but this is the latest Ohio State versus Maryland canceled uh, because Maryland's has uh, rising case counts, which, you know, is just even more unfortunate for the Big Ten, which has already had to have several games canceled uh, because of Wisconsin now you add Ohio State versus Maryland. I mean, you gotta think Wisconsin missed two games. You gotta think Maryland probably misses the same if their numbers keep going up. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I don't think it would have mattered because Ohio State would win this game easily. But, yeah... I shout out to the Big 12 for being like the only conference to not have a major breakout so far.
0: There you go. <laughs> it's that's about the, the only
1: thing that we're winning at. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know what the Big 12 doesn't have that they wish they had though?
1: Nebraska, Rutgers, ah, uh, the other bad team in the Big Ten.
0: Bad team? I don't know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> um, Hey, I'd love to have the Rutgers in the Big 12. I bet you, I bet
0: you do. Bet you do. <laughs> but uh, you know, why not why don't you talk about our Rutgers fact for the week?
1: Okay, so let me set the stage. Let me take you back to 1999, and let me take you into the Rutgers practice facility, their basketball practice facility, to be exact. And you know, it started off as a standard day of practice. You know, running some suicides, shooting some baskets, running some layups, doing doing all that normal stuff. And then, you know, I guess back then, the uh, the coach for the Rutgers basketball team was a guy named Kevin Bannon. So good old Coach Bannon. You know, I guess the old Rutgers players weren't doing, weren't weren't making their layups. You know, they weren't shooting their left-handed layups with their left hand, and so he just got really angry, and uh, you know, maybe it's out of anger, maybe it was out of f- pure fun, but he was, you, you know, he brought the idea of having a uh, a strip practice where uh, the guys, uh, you know, I guess there's these three three bench warmers, you know, he's trying to just he was trying to improve him, you know, he wanted him to get off the bench and into the game. So for every free throw they missed they had to remove an article of clothing. (laughs) And I guess they, you know, they were were on the the bench for a reason because... (laughs) Or they just had to shoot uh, an absurd amount of free throws because uh, they ended up going fully nude, uh, these three guys. And, uh, yeah, that (laughs) caused them to get fired. And uh, I think they sued... I think the three students sued Rutgers... um, for, I don't know, like humiliation, which obviously...
0: Makes you know, sense.
1: Makes <laughs> sense. The, the only thing that seemed a little bit weird about that in the article that I read was they waited two years. Uh, so these guys, they transferred, like, pretty quickly. And then they ended up being, like, starters at um, other schools. And then they sued for that, like, two years after it happened. So, I don't know why they waited so long. If they were humiliated, why they wouldn't just sue within, like, six months. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny. It's funny to me. Obviously, it is a bit disturbing. Hopefully, (laughs) no other coaches, you know, do that. Maybe he was trying to pull a Bobby Knight and just got a little bit too wacky.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's taking shirts versus skins a little bit too far <laughs> in, in practice. What,
1: what would this be called? Needs versus,
0: I don't know, you could still another probably, in you, thing? you could still, you could still call them shirts versus skins, I think. <laughs> yeah, I guess I mean, you could. <laughs> it's just a different, def, it's a, it's a different definition of skins, but.
1: Yeah, it takes it to the max.
0: I mean, I mean, I remember when I was a bench warmer in high school, you know, if we missed free throws, we'd just run suicides or, uh, you know, have to do push-ups or something like that. So I guess... I I'm... mean,
1: to, to be honest, would you rather run, like, every missed free throw? Let's say you shoot, like, obviously you only have, what if you're wearing shoe, shoe, sock, sock, shorts, underwear, a shirt let's throw in a headband and, like, a wristband, you know, as clothing. So, you know, that's, like, about 10 articles of clothing. If you shoot 100 free throws, would you rather end up being... I would say my average, you know, just from going to the gym and shooting 100, I can make about 85 consistently. Um... But, uh, I don't know, would you rather be, would you rather run, like, 15 suicides or just end up being completely naked? I mean, you're probably going to get naked in the showers afterwards anyways.
0: Here's the deal. So, in high school, we had a -a free-throw-a-thon that we did to raise money, I think it was to get new uniforms, (laughs) and, uh, so every player had to shoot 100 free-throws, and, you know, you'd you'd collect money based off of, like, how many free-throws you made, um... Well, I wasn't exactly a great free-throw shooter. My game was more on the defensive side of things. And, uh, you know, I think I uh, my sheet had about 40 on it. And uh, I think I fudged that a little bit. <laughs> so um, I would not have lasted very long. You would have had a much better shot. Your, your free-throw is much better, but... Um,
1: well, would you you know if it was a suicide per missed free throw? Oh, in that case, or a case, lap per miss free throw? Would you in rather? That,
0: oh no, in that case, look if we're if we're shooting a hundred free throws, if that's the case, I'm running at least sixty suicides. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'll go skins, but I mean,
1: yeah, I, I here's my thing. it's like I would rather do like literally anything besides run a suicide. So if I missed one, it would be like, ah, I might as well just not even bother. <laughs> yeah. But, I don't know. It, it. Rutgers. I'm sure this stuff like this has happened to other universities, but that just happened to be something just so out there that it just felt like a good good fact to settle on for this week. <laughs> yeah. but, uh. Well,
0: that's our Rutgers fact of the week. Now time to get into the sports we don't care about. Jonas, you want to take it away?
1: Yes, you know, this is the the uh, part in the episode where we get to tennis. <laughs> um, so, Rafael Nadal, uh, over the, I think uh, like this past Sunday or Saturday, or maybe it was a week ago or so. Honestly, I forget at this point. But uh, recently, he won his one thousandth ATP tournament. And uh, I mean that's a lot of wins. I mean he's he's played a, quite a bit, you know. I think for what like about fifteen years now. And I mean that's that's like seventy-ish wins a year, which is just I don't. Maybe I got that wrong. Maybe it wasn't as a thousandth. That just seems absurd. If you had seventy wins a year,
0: I'm not the. I'm not the golf guy.
1: I don't know. I could have swore I saw that. Let me check that real quick. I'll keep mumbling on here. But uh, Medvedev, uh, Daniil Medvedev, he's from Russia. Uh, He won in Paris, uh, somewhere that you would think Nadal would uh, be successful in. But uh, but no. Uh, Medvedev wins... Uh, an ATP tour uh final in Paris and uh oh okay 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 uh it's Nadal reached 1000 ATP singles wins not tournament wins <laughs> so that's still impressive that's actually uh, I'm looking uh that's the fourth most out of anybody um in anybody's career so that's so impressive obviously yeah thinking about that a thousand tournament wins would be just absurd (laughs) but uh yeah and then um the masters start tomorrow um i don't know you know tiger woods won last year kind of resurrecting his career at least at the time. It looks like it's gone back downhill, but uh, I don't know. It always seems like these guys like Tyre Woods or like Phil Mickelson, people you think are like washed up, seem to somehow win the Masters every year. I don't really know how they do it. Maybe it's just because they've played it so many times, but uh, who do you think? I mean, I I know neither one of us watch a ton of golf, but just from the people that we know of, who would be just your random shout-out winner?
0: Well, if Tiger Woods is playing, I'm just going to go with Tiger Woods.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. I'm going to go with uh, Jason Day if he's playing. I don't even know if he's playing. (laughs) I'll pick Rory McIlroy as a backup to Jason Day if he's not playing.
0: (laughs) As you can tell, we are huge golf fans.
1: I love playing golf. I just don't know about very many of the people in the sport. It's just so incredibly boring to watch, unfortunately.
0: You know, I think I'd have a lot more fun playing golf if I wasn't so awful at it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Maybe if you used the correct clubs and not a putter for every shot.
0: Those are my best three holes. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to explain, we went golfing on a par three course, and it was my first time doing anything not mini golf. And I was joking with the guys we were with that I was going to use a putter the whole time well i was having a bad day and so in the last three holes i decided to use only a putter that includes driving with it and everything and uh those are my best three holes
1: <laughs> absolutely ridiculous we just played uh i just played that par three course the other day and actually wasn't uh, i was hitting the ball pretty well almost Last couple times I've played I've gotten about four feet from a hole in one. I keep thinking I'm gonna get get one eventually. So
0: you know, you gotta wait. It's gotta be that story where you played golf like your whole life. Yeah, I'm like then, 80. then when you're like eighty you get your first hole in one.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> but uh well the other one last thing about golf I guess is that uh, there's that absolutely crazy a golf shot, and I, I, I don't know if that was just from, like, a warm-up round or if that's, like – I know, like, tennis kind of has, like, qualifiers. If you're in, like, the bottom half of the bracket, you kind of have to qualify for it. So I don't know if you have to, like, qualify to make it into the Masters and that's – or if that was just practice or what that was, but he's – this guy that just skipped it across the water. Did, did you see that?
0: Yeah, his, his last name is Rom. I, I forget his first name, but, yeah, I mean, just – Like, he lined up, and he was, like, smiling before it, like he told the people that he was going to try it. And uh, it skipped, like, three times off the water and then ended up getting to be a hole-in-one, which was just wild. Well,
1: yeah, because what what was wild to me is that how the greens – I mean, I guess if you really study all the greens on a course, you know, obviously I would think you would know kind of what they do to the ball. But it like rolled up, like on the backside of the green, and then came back down. But it didn't look like it was that big of a slope.
0: Yeah, it was. It was absolutely wild.
1: But uh, well, what is that? The oh yes, the the MLS mark. Take it away.
0: Well, you know, unfortunately. Been so busy looking at some of the other news, you know, regarding sports. Um, you know what? No, I was I was gonna come up with some lie. Um, look, here's the deal: we care about the MLS about as much as Terry Bradshaw cares for Baker Mayfield,
1: <laughs> um, or Colin Coward. I I don't know if you've heard some Colin Cowards commentary yeah,
0: yeah Terry Terry Bradshaw came out like two days ago and basically just told Baker mayfield to shut up <laughs> and he's clearly not a fan of Baker so uh,
1: but uh, uh everybody hates Baker yeah
0: well this has been episode nine of the m j sports podcast uh, I'm Mark and This is Jonas. Uh, Yeah,
1: and I don't know, come back next week, episode 10. Maybe we'll have something extra special or something.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. But uh, thank you for listening.